This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, everybody? It's Friday, March 25th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Nick Costco. We have a great conversation for you today involving the Florida Gators. We always love the Florida Gators, or at least I do. So I asked Thomas Goldcamp of Swamp 24-7 to join me to talk about the state of the program and what's going on during spring practice under Billy Napier, his first go-around with the Florida Gators after coming over from Louisiana. The quarterback situation is a big one here at Florida. It was a three-way battle at one point, but they had a trans from quarterback Emory Jones last year started finally enter the transfer portal so it's a two-man race but realistically there's a Heisman contender potentially going to be taking the reins for the Florida Gators under center this season it's a good one and we'll talk about what is going on in 2022 what constitutes success for the Florida Gators this season and moving forward as well so here's my conversation with Thomas Goldcamp Please be joined now by Thomas Goldcamp of Swamp 24-7, covers the Florida Gators on our 24-7 Sports Network. Thomas, thanks for joining me, man. And there's a lot going on uh, with the Florida Gators right now as we go through spring practice. It seemed like the biggest topic of conversation this year was going to be the quarterback situation under new head coach Billy Napier, who, again, we'll get into him in a little while as well. But we have to start with the quarterbacks because the big breaking news that happened last week, or at least late last week, was that Emory Jones, the never-ending saga with quarterback Emory Jones, was originally going to enter the transfer portal after the season, decided against it, says he was committed to the Gators, and Billy Napier apparently committed him or convinced him to stay. Now he enters the transfer portal, and now it seems like he is definitely leaving. So first, I need your reaction as to... What happened with Emory Jones? Why did this happen now? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I'm not entirely sure uh, what changed between the start of spring football and, you know, kind of three days in where he kind of hangs it up and says, I'm going to hit the transfer portal. I do know that, uh, you know, kind of finishing out his degree at Florida with some of the credits and all that that would potentially transfer over to a new institution was part of the thing. Wasn't able to do that in December, which was a big part of him sticking around for the spring. Should be able to graduate in telecommunications by the end of the spring and then, you know, make that move. So I don't don't really know all of what went into why you would go out to spring knowing that, you know, there's still a really, really good likelihood that you're headed out after the spring. Uh, But from my vantage point and talking to sources around the program, it was always a pretty strong likelihood that he was going to end up transferring following the spring. So you, I just want to clarify what you're saying there. He wanted his degree. That was pretty much it. And basically got some football reps in in spring practice just so he would stay in shape. Is that really what we're going for here? Yeah, I think that's some of it. I do think there's a, a definite sense of loyalty that, uh, you know, Emory has probably struggled with in terms of not wanting to sort of bail on his teammates, that kind of thing. And I do think the conversations that he had with Billy Napier and uh, his quarterback at Louisiana, Levi Lewis, you know, kind of made him think twice about about leaving, particularly when you have the credits issue in there uh, with the transfer. But obviously, I, I think what happened probably in the first two days of spring football is Anthony Richardson's looking pretty sharp. It's pretty clear that he's going to be the guy that Florida wants to build around going forward. And when you see that kind of writing on the wall at that point, you know, make a change. 
Now, do you see a possible destination for him, or is it more just he's going to go wherever he deems the best fit at this point? You know, I haven't heard a whole lot about that. Uh, frankly, haven't put a ton of effort into trying to find out um, just because Florida's, you know, in the middle of hiring a new basketball coach. We've had that going on. Uh, so resources have been a little stretched, but uh, I, I think he's a guy that can play. I think that there is probably some truth to the idea that, you know, the the SEC level with the speed of the game, the speed of his decision-making process is probably not quite there, um, but he's a very, very good athlete. He's a very good runner. I think he can have success maybe at a slightly lower level. To transition to the the other quarterbacks now, so coming into the offseason, of course, Anthony Richardson is back. He kind of burst onto the scene last year, up and down a little bit, but everyone saw the elite potential in him as the Florida Gators quarterback. And of course, Jack Miller comes in as well, the, the Ohio State transfer, really no spot for him with the Buckeyes. Did Richardson's emergence basically speed up this process of Jones saying, you know what, I can't stick around for another year and compete. I'm going to go somewhere else where I'm a little more comfortable, but I want to finish out my degree. And plus with Jack Miller coming in, there's more competition. So I'm not trying to say Jones ran away from competition, but do you think the fact that Richardson, there was more clamoring for him last year and the fact that he's still young, he's coming in this year under a new head coach, that kind of speed up the process for Jones to say, you know what, I need a fresh start. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I think, you know, when Look, Florida fans are vocal about the quarterback, especially. And when you have a guy that flashes the way that Anthony Richardson did in the first two games of last season before he got hurt and kind of dealt with a a variety of different injuries last year, Florida fans see that they can potentially win titles with that guy. And so they want him to be the guy. And uh, I think the fact that he underwent a meniscus operation in, in late December, it looked like maybe he would be limited throughout the spring. Well, that's not the case. He gets cleared a day before spring ball starts. And again, I think that sort of seeing, you know, the writing on the wall with where Richardson was, less so Jack Miller. I don't think Jack Miller had a whole lot to do with this decision. Uh, But once Emory saw the writing on the wall, I think that kind of, like you said, accelerated this move. So when we're talking Anthony Richardson or Anthony Richardson versus Jack Miller, not that it's going to be an intense quarterback competition, but I believe everybody expects Richardson to start this fall and he's going to be the guy throughout the entire spring. But what does Jack Miller bring to the table in terms of this quarterback room? Does he push Richardson at all? Does he even have it or a remote chance to start this year if Richardson is in fact fully healthy coming off the meniscus procedure, as you mentioned? I would say no. I think it's it's not necessarily a situation where this spring it's playing out like a 1A, 1B type deal, if that makes sense. It's very much Anthony Richardson and then Jack Miller. And I think given what we've seen, granted, it's only been, you know, limited viewing windows of repractices now. But Jack Miller, I think, is a guy that probably game managers, you know, the right way to describe it. He He's accurate on the shorter throws. I don't think he can really stretch the field that much with his deep ball, at least from what we've seen so far. Anthony Richardson, on the other hand, you know, can do that, obviously. And then with the added rushing ability that he brings to the table, I don't think there's any question that it's, it's a clear cut Anthony Richardson and then Jack Miller. So let's talk a little bit about Richardson because last year, again, everyone saw the cannon. Everyone saw week one, him running up and down the field. The guy can run maybe faster than almost anybody on the field as well. And he's also a bruising type of runner as well. He can run you over. He has basically what we like to call total package. So going into 2022, now that he has a season under his belt, he looks like he's fully healthy. He has a new head coach. What do you see as the ceiling for Anthony Richardson? Again, he didn't start the entire season last year. He was in and out of the lineup. Again, he showed flashes, wasn't consistent, but this is a guy people believe that can win a Heisman one day, if not at least lead Florida to an SEC title, maybe lead him to a national championship. What I mean, what, what kind of ceiling do you see for AR-15, as, as they like to call him? Well, I don't, I don't think the Heisman ceiling you know, is unrealistic. Like you said, based on the tool set that he has, he's a guy that can be that level of a quarterback. And 
I, to be honest with you, I think Florida needs him to be sort of that Heisman level contender next year to to be in the mix in the SEC because you look at the rest of the offensive skill talent. I don't think it's very good. Anthony Richardson's going to have to kind of carry this team in some ways. Now, will that happen in 2022? I'm not all the way there yet. I think you talk to people around the program. There are some questions about maturity, just in the sense of of sort of being more responsible when you're the guy, right? Emory Jones had sort of figured that out. And I think that was one of the reasons that Florida staff stuck with him so much last year. Anthony Richardson's a, a still a young guy. He's a guy that likes to have fun. He, you know, for example, last year before the South Carolina game ends up hurting himself dancing in the team hotel. Those are the kind of things that you can't do when you're the starter and you're the guy. And you're knowing that the backup maybe is not in your same ballpark as far as talent, right? You, you you are being counted on to lead this offense. I'm not sure I'm ready to fully jump on board with sort of the Heisman talk for 2022. I think that's all potential based. I don't think he's anywhere close to that right now. And there's still a lot of things that have to be developed this spring in terms of accuracy. And then again, maturity, I think is the big one. I wanted to get one more on Richardson and it has to do with the new head coach, Billy Napier, who everyone, he's very highly respected around a lot of college football circles. It was a big hire for Florida as they moved on from Dan Mullen. What kind of effect do you think Billy Napier has on Richardson? Because it seems like Napier, while he's a great face for the program, Behind the scenes, at least according to at least to me, it seems like he has that no nonsense approach, and it's maybe the shot in the arm the Gators need going into next season. How, how do you see that relationship playing out between Napier and Richardson? Napier is such a, a process driven guy. You know, he's very he's got everything lined up. You know, one of the things he did when he came to Florida was he sat down with every player and went through, had them write out their schedule. And then what they did is they went through that schedule and said, hey, you can be uh, a little bit more efficient if you do this instead of this at this time and sort of optimize that way. So I think for a guy like Richardson, who is still young, who hasn't really had the opportunity to sort of sit in that lead quarterback role. I mean, he started the Georgia game last year, but for all intents and purposes, that was really the only chance that he got to be the guy. I I think having that sort of discipline structure from Billy Napier, really fine tuning the efficiency of the operation, I think is something that's going to help Richardson. You know, he's going to be pushed to study film in the right ways. He's going to be pushed to sort of grow up in the ways that he needs to grow up and then see that on tape, you know, throughout the spring of, hey, here's what we could have done a little bit better. I think just just Billy Napier's attention to detail, I think, is something that's really going to help Anthony Richardson. More on Billy Napier and the state of the Florida Gators when we come back with a quick break. You're listening to the College Football Daily. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So I wanted to get your take on what Billy Napier brings as a whole 
to this program. I personally like the hire. We saw what he did at Louisiana. And again, I mentioned it before, this might have been the shot in the arm Florida needed because there were a lot of expectations last year coming off the 2020 season where the team makes the SEC title game, but they have that. It wasn't the best end of the season at all, of course. I believe it was three straight losses, including the LSU game, Mm -hmm. which everyone I think still remembers at this point almost two years later. What does Napier do? For this program, I know he's a great recruiter, and it seems like Florida is a candidate to bounce back pretty fast this season. I'm not talking SEC titles because you have defending national champion Georgia still hanging around in the SEC East. What do you see Napier doing with this squad through the spring and through the summer to prepare for a fall where they could potentially, you know, get back to a get back to a, a bigger a bigger bowl game, maybe New Year's Six, and maybe contend with Georgia in the in that loaded division. I mean, I think this first year really is kind of all about building the foundation. And I don't think it's going to be a season where Florida's really in the thick of the SEC East hunt. I just look at the talent on offense. It's not quite there to me. I think defensively, you've got a little bit more potential. For Napier, you know, knowing that probably best case scenario, you're you're sort of a fringe contender in the SEC East. I think it's all about establishing sort of how we do things, right? And Florida's schedule's tough. So you're going to pick up some losses. The question is, what happens when that occurs, right? Do you have guys that are willing to sort of look at the bigger picture, the longer term and say, hey, you know, this was only our first year. We could have done this, this and this a little bit better, a little bit harder in the offseason and take that and and sort of have that future looking sort of overview of the program rather than I just think to me, it's all about mental for Florida right now. You know, the Gators got very close in 2021. They were in the SEC title game, lost by six. I think they feel like they're on the verge. The challenge is going to be this team is not there yet. This team does not have the talent to compete for an SEC title. And so how do you manage all of the the mental stuff that goes into that? I think that's Billy's challenge in year one. This is very curious to me because the SEC East is generally the division within the SEC that's like, eh, well, you know, there's Georgia, there's Florida, and that's pretty much it. But we saw last year, not only is the SEC West loaded, the SEC East Basically, what was on the rise last year, Georgia wins the national title. Florida was in the thick of things. And then obviously some midseason struggles. And then towards the end, you, you, know, you, you finish a little bit worse than you did in 2020. But Kentucky was in the thick of things in the top 25 last year. Tennessee, first year under Josh Heupel, was a sight to behold. All of a sudden, South Carolina under Shane Beamer is on the rise again. Vanderbilt still rebuilding project in Missouri is still kind of hanging around there. But all of a sudden, you go from two teams to now, what, five, maybe six teams in 2022 that are going to be highly competitive. So is that a worry for the Florida Gators, knowing that this division is usually run by them or the Georgia Bulldogs? But now that you have Kentucky, basketball school, Tennessee back on the rise, what's your take on that? I don't know that it worries anybody in the administration necessarily. I think it's a reality. I mean, I don't think you're wrong that Tennessee is getting better, that South Carolina looks to be on the upswing. I mean, the division's going to be tough. And that's where I go back to year one. Like Florida's, I just don't see a scenario where Florida's going to have sort of that instant success under Billy Napier. And it is going to be a little bit of a, a building process. So should it concern Florida? No, I just think they need to be aware of how hard they need to work, especially in recruiting. And right, because that's where you know, I'm not so optimistic on Florida is because the recruiting really, we're starting to see the results of Dan Mullen taking sort of a lackluster approach to recruiting over his four-year tenure. And Billy Napier is not going to overcome that in a day, right? He's, he's going to need all of this 2023 class to get on campus. It, it's not going to be an overnight thing, but I do think, I don't think Florida's worried so much as aware of the reality that, hey, the league is getting better. The SEC East in particular is getting better and we better not be, you know, leaving any stone unturned. Knowing that Napier has to do a better job of recruiting than the previous regime did, last one for you here, how long of a leash 
does Napier get? Knowing that he had success, albeit at a smaller school, not a Power 5 institution, but he was in the top 20 regularly with Louisiana. How long will Alicia's Florida give him to rebuild that recruiting trail and obviously get back to contention for the conference as a whole? You know, it's an interesting question. I don't think it takes long. I think recruiters recruit and, you know, the guys that are able to do it, especially early on, that's when it's easy. You're able to sell your vision for the program. I think an interesting thing, you know, from from Florida is you had this transition of athletic directors from Jeremy Foley to Scott Strickland back in 2016. And it became very clear when Scott Strickland took over that Florida as a program, as an administration, was really going to turn the page and start to invest, especially in the football program, start to invest you know, financially, uh, they began overhauling plans to build a football standalone facility. It's now an $85 million facility that's nearing completion. Um, so you have a lot of momentum kind of working in your favor. I think what was interesting was as much as Florida under Scott Strickland was ready to push the package financially and especially with NIL and all that, Dan Mullen was really never the guy that took advantage of that. Like he just, he was a very fiscally conservative kind of guy and just never really thought that he needed all the, I guess, bells and whistles of staff hires and all that. Billy Napier has that to work with. So he's got a lot to work with from the recruiting standpoint. It seems from the outside that they're doing a pretty good job. So I don't know about Leash. I think, you know, this 2023 class is going to be a pretty good barometer. I think for Florida fans, the focus should be more about what Florida does in this 2023 recruiting class than what happens on the field in 2022. For some of the reasons that I mentioned, I think it may be a rough year, but there's no reason you can't sell that as a recruiter and say, hey, we're not far off. We're, we're building the infrastructure. We have this new facility. This is a great place to be. We need some five stars now. And you start to get those guys on board. I think that's where the Florida rebuild really begins to happen. He is Thomas Goldcamp of Swamp 24-7, of part of our 24-7 Sports Network. Follow him on Twitter at Thomas Goldcamp, just as it is spelled. Thomas, thanks for joining me, man. Appreciate the time as always. And of course, you know you know my feelings on the Florida Gators. I have a, I have a soft spot for the Florida Gators, so I hope to see uh, Billy Napier have some success in 2022. It's going to be a very interesting season this year. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Nick. Big thanks once again to Thomas Goldcamp for joining me on the podcast today. Florida's going to be very interesting, folks. I'm fascinated to see it. The SEC East is now loaded, just like the SEC West. Georgia defending national champion, Kentucky and Tennessee in solid situations. South Carolina on the rise as well. It's going to be very tough for the Florida Gators to top that six-win season just last year. But hey, anything can happen. We know it's it's a brand new season. Billy Napier, solid head coach. I'm really looking forward to looking at the Florida Gators come this September. That's going to do it for me. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Nick Costco. 59. Be sure to follow us at 24-7 Sports on Twitter. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast, The College Football Daily, wherever you get your podcast. Once again, you've been listening to The College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.